Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to Mojo and welcome to the NFL episode where we get to talk all things football. I'm joined by Dan, Laura, and Riley. No Laura tonight, but guys, week six. Holy cow. Football just continues to surprise us this year as we don't know who is good and who is bad anymore. When we look at the, when we look at it week in and week out, um, Laura, I guess, I don't know. You, I'm going to start with you for kind of your week six pick, but Seahawks got a win. Your team, are we picking that as our highlight or do we have something a little more fun up our sleeve? Seahawks had a great win and shout out to Tariq Woolen, who fourth interception, he's really coming out and he's looking unstoppable. Um, reading plays, getting it done, getting those intercepts where we need them. But my moment of the week came, a little bit of a surprising one, came from the Packers and Jets game. And it was the one and only Sauce Gardner walking around with that cheese head. I heard someone calling him cheesy sauce. I heard all these different things going around, but that man was rocking it and he deserved it after that blowout win. I think Alan Lazai got a little bit upset as he was heading into the tunnel with it, but an outstanding moment and a well-deserved moment after that win. Riley, I don't know about you, but as a Bears fan, it was like a great joy of mine to watch Rodgers go down and then see Sauce Gardner wearing that, that cheese head. Um, yeah, a Packers loss is almost as good as a Bears win. What was that? A, a Packers loss is almost as good as a Bears win. Yep, 100%. <laughs> is, that, is that your highlight from week six? Because the Bears did not win this week. <laughs> we know that the Packers did. <laughs> no, my highlight was um, Joe Burrow sporting Jamar Chase's Natty jersey back in New Orleans and then them both just on fire again like it's been a couple of weeks but to see that little connection again and just making making me happy yeah you're a big fan of your LSU boys and, and speaking of college my week six so a uh, great diversion there Riley I appreciate that one but my week six did not come from the NFL but we are talking all things football so I have to go with Tennessee taking down number three, Alabama, that was getting epic. rid of the goalpost, sending it into the water, and now they're trying to fund a new one. <laughs> it leaves Ohio State sitting at number two. It was great to see that tide roll out completely the wrong direction. So congrats to Tennessee and well done to them because that was a well-deserved win. Dan, you get to round us off for your week six pick. What is it? The Pats did get a win. He's a bit speechless by that. It hasn't sunk in yet. It hasn't sunk in for the Pats did get a win. We seem to be having <laughs> difficulties with, with Dan there. So, unfortunately, we're going to bypass his uh, week six pick. Maybe, maybe he'll he'll rejoin us when he can. <laughs> right. Pats got a win, and he's, he's having trouble containing his emotions right now. <laughs> um. <clears throat> All right. Wait, no, oh, he's back. back. He's back. He's back. Dan, we just said Pat's got to win. You couldn't contain your emotions. That's why we didn't hear from you for a brief second. But your week six highlight, my friend, what is it? Yeah, it's been a it's been an emotional time, uh, as you guys spoke about following the NFL. Um, you know, first of all, just before we get to the Patriots, like watching Tom Brady berate uh, his offensive line, you know, like for a lot of his career in New England, he was the um, the O-Shocks shucks um you know tom brady who you know he wasn't angry he was just disappointed now he's just out 
there is just so much going on in that dude's life. He is having some issues, um, skipping uh, practice and heading to a wedding. Uh, Tom Brady, get your shit together, my friend. What's what's doing? But uh, anyway, speaking of um, Hall of Fame quarterbacks, uh, Bailey Zappi, our third string quarterback there in New England. I mean, you know, I have been, uh, I may or may not have, uh, poked a little bit of fun at him <laughs> over over the past few weeks, but look, you know, he's getting in there and he's getting it done. And, um, you know, there's just a couple of players that are starting to step up now. We've found ourselves running back in uh, Ramondre Stevenson, which is really, really good. And Bill Belichick's defense is always, um, you know, always starts to heat up halfway through the season. So yeah, look, I, I, again, I'm not really used to this whole winning thing. So just going to ride it uh, 500 now and um, yeah, we'll see where it takes us. It's a, I'm glad that the uh, Seahawks and the Pats got their wins because it was a sad week for us Bears fans on the podcast. But we're going to move swiftly on from now because we don't need to talk about it too much. But uh, we're going to head into our first uh, breakdown game where we are going to talk all things Cardinals and Saints. Um, I think we're going to kick it off with the Saints to start off with. They kind of went into last week, week six, depleted. They had no Michael Thomas. Jarvis Landry was out. They had no Chris Olave, and Deontay Hardy was even out. But in a kind of in a positive manner, Dan, they were still able to kind of get some yards. Yeah, the Saints are they're in a really interesting situation. You know, this post Sean Payton era, it's um, you know, it's an interesting one, and you're really trying to get a bit of an understanding as to you know what they're trying to do. Um, you know, I, I, I'm kind of with you, like they're. They're just a little bit too talented, similar to the New England Patriots, to to really get their quarterback situation right. They find themselves in a in a really difficult situation where you know Sean Payton thought that Taysom Hill could turn into that gadget player and and then more turn into like a, a quarterback one. That's failed, you know. But you know Taysom's had his moments as that gadget player again, which is good. Jameis Winston, you know, was he ever going to be a low end? quarterback one for the saints, you know, it's hard to tell and injuries have not been kind to him. And then Andy Dalton, who, you know, is obviously at the back end of his career. Um, you know, he's, you know, obviously, you know, quite limited. So look, it, it always starts and stops with the quarterback position there in New, New Orleans. And, you know, it's disappointing because I feel like they've really wasted some generational talent on the defensive side of the ball. You know, there are some incredible players who, deserve a Super Bowl, And, you know, I, I just, some of these players are starting, you know, they're, they're still performing an elite le- at, a, at an elite level, but I don't know. I, I just don't know whether they're going to get there and, you know, whether they're going to, you know, challenge for a championship anytime soon, but week in, week out, uh, they make some plays on both sides of the ball to be competitive. But um, yeah, it's, it's a really, they're a really interesting football team at the moment. Uh, they definitely are. I, I mean, you mentioned the quarterback situation, right? Riley, I guess my my question question for you, I guess, is you know we've had Dalton as a as a Bears quarterback, <laughs> as a Bears fan, so we know what he's like. Um, Taysom Hill has been has been doing well. James Winston, I don't know, as Dan said, I don't know if he's a starter for them. With him potentially coming back next week, we have this kind of quarterback situation up in the air. If you were the Saints head coach, who are you going with? Um, I think as much as I hate it, Taysom Hill has the most diversity um he's one that's going to make coaches have to think that bit more Andy Dalton don't have to worry about him running um you know Jameis is just going to throw the ball up and hope that somebody catches it kind of thing and 
you know, he was 30 for 30 for the worst reasons that everyone made the joke about. So Taysom, at least he's got his legs. He might not be the most accurate passer, but at least he will make the defense think just that little bit more. Um, and it might open up the field a bit for either receiving for Kamara um, or for himself. So out of all three, because they have their own sort of specialties, I guess you could call it, he's probably the in this time when their division is still wide open, they're only a game behind um, the other two in front. So it's not a be all and end all that, you know, they, they might lose next week kind of thing. So, you know what, like just, you know, run with it. If you're not going to pick a starter for the rest of the year and it's going to be, you know, who's the best this weekend, go like that. Like go with a hot hand. Yeah, whoever shows up to training. <laughs> That's probably like what they're running at at this point. Laura, we, you know, they were able to run the ball this past week against the Bengals. They weren't really getting their throwing down as well. I just touched on, they definitely found their part of the pun, their feet a little bit, but I feel like their defense is really what's kind of letting them down a bit. Their defense just looks tired towards the end of the game. They obviously gave up a big game winning play with um, Burrows and Jamar Chase there. Do you think that, that, that secondary being young is a problem? I think it is. I think this defense needed a player like Von Miller to come in in the offseason. I think it's super exciting where he ended up, but I think they needed a little bit of that injection. Maybe they need to bring someone in off waivers, get someone in that back to just kind of mold and sculpt this team a little bit more. But also this defense is having to work hard. This offense for most of the game is getting off the field really quickly. Um, you know, we're seeing some run production from Kamara. He's pretty much leading the team at the moment. But with so much inconsistency, this defense is also having to work really hard. And I just don't think they've found those cohesive patterns yet. Yeah, Laura, I, I've got to double down on that. That that's that's exactly the 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 issue that the Saints find themselves in at the moment. You know, Jameis, you know, obviously he was turnover prone. You can't turn the football over. That's going to put your team under pressure. But he kind of he wasn't doing that at the start of the season. So he offers you a little bit more. You go to Dalton, he's super conservative, but too much so. All right, you know, th- those yeah. those those three and outs, they're just relentless. And the defense is just getting absolutely gassed. So I don't know, like everyone likes to play conservative football, not turn the football over, but there's a limit to that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, everyone in the league would be playing that type of um yeah, that, 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 that type of offensive scheme. So, yeah, the Saints need a little bit more from their quarterback to at least, um, you know, give a little bit more gas and a little bit more juice to the defense. They definitely do. I mean, I just think they can't sustain a full game, right? Mm-hmm. You look at the first half, they held the Bengals to two touchdowns, one in the first quarter, one in the second quarter, and then they just gave up way too many points in that second half. And I think that's that longevity and that game experience, as, as Laura mentioned, they just don't have that kind of – necessarily that kind of great experience that say, you know, if we look at their competitors now, we move on to the Cardinals that they have, right? They have TJ Watt. They have, you know, a guy that's going to lead that that rush defense. They've got players in the secondary that are, that are going to make plays. But if we look at the Cardinals game this past week, they did not convert on three fourth downs in field goal territory. Now, this is a team that last year, what, went 10-0 and to start off the season. If that did they go that much, I don't even know. But they went like – Long, long time without a loss, right? I mean, this is a team that kind of we thought coming to the league was going to do well. They haven't, you know, they've had some good wins and bad losses, but they left nine points 
on the board to get the ball game tied. Like, I mean, yes, okay, great. You know, your your defense is doing okay, but you need to be putting points up where points matter. Alex, can I I want to ask you, and then you know, Riley yourself, you know, you play you play um, you know, as players, you know, this is something that I'll probably never understand. So I want to want to ask you guys, like just how soul crushing it is when one side of the ball is just not performing. You know, you look at the Saints, you look at the Cardinals who are doing the same. Their offenses are not getting it right. I mean, sometimes we watch the game and we just think that the defense is just going to play, you know, with blinkers on. They're going to ignore what's happening, ignore the fact that they continue to go out there and their offense is playing bad. Alex, you know, a little bit of insight. You know, you play this game. What, what's what, what's happening on the defensive side when when the offense continues to shit the bed? I mean, I'm currently playing on a team where the offense isn't moving the moving the chains and we're not scoring. So, and, you know, as a quarterback, that's hard. Um, you do take that personally. You take that on kind of – you get frustrated with your teammates for sure because you just want people to do their job. You want your series to catch. You want your line to block. You want your runners to run. But it's, it's like being on the offensive side that's doing that right now. It's demoralizing. It sucks. You go three and out. You get off the field and, you're, you know, you're, you're looking for people to blame, and it's a multitude of people, right? It's – either not making the right reads or it's receivers not turning their heads and catching the ball. It's coaches not adjusting to the play that's in front of them. So it's, it's, it's frustrating when you're on that side and you're not, I mean, I I can't speak for Riley, but for me right now, it's just like, it really takes the enjoyment out of the game when one side's doing their job and you can't even help them out by doing your job by scoring. Yeah. I'm saying Um, like, I've always been a big, like defense wins championships kind of mentality, but um, like when it, whatever game I go into, I always have like usually you know like the competition and and whatnot, and a lot of the time you like I will think about it, and it sounds really dumb, and I say it when I, I say that when I tell people like sometimes you just know that you're going to get scored on, and so you know that your offense obviously has to score more points, but. Like, you've got it. Like, you, you know that this is one of those offensive games where if you don't get the first downs or you don't get those points on every drive, then you're going to lose because the other team is just going to move the sticks kind of thing. So I can understand, yeah, where, you know, the defense, are, you know, they might make those stops on, you know, fourth downs and, you know, they're making these big plays and the offense come back out and they go three and out straight away. And they're like, oh, I haven't even taking a breath like you know it's so much harder and more like um draining on your body to be on defense because you're so reactive you know as an offensive person you know what you've got to do you know when you can take the pedal off without even looking like you are kind of thing whereas on defense you've got to be on every single snap in a different way so it would be hard to know that you're going out there you're keeping teams you know to whatever points and then your offense are just they're not taking the points when they're on offer, like it would, it would hurt. Well, bringing it back to not taking points when they're on offer and this Cardinals team today, I think it really comes down as well to some poor coaching. And that's what we saw from Cliff Kingsbury. You know, his punter, his replacement punter, Amandola came out, he missed a kick. For the rest of the game, that boy did not kick. For the rest of the game, they tried to go on fourth down and they were, what, one for five, I'm pretty sure. 
you know, you've got to look at the situation from, okay, yes, we can look at the players and yes, there's a lot of negative things that we can say about Kyle Amari and that boy does need to get himself into a film room. But that, you know, Cliff Kingsbury is not helping his team at all. There are obviously clear issues that are happening. There's a clear disconnect between that offensive line. But I think that's now starting to spread on all sides of the ball and into the special teams as well. And he, as the coach, needs to now take the reins and ring pull that back into position. This is a Seahawks team that they should have beaten easily. You know, last week we were talking on the podcast and I was like, oh, well, you know, I want to support my Seahawks and I would have loved to have said it, but I just couldn't because of who this team is. Um, And I think this Cardinals performance today was sloppy. It was poor. And to not have scored or even looked like they were really going to score an offensive touchdown in the entire second half, it's time now for some decisions to start being made and some change to start happening in that coaching room. Laura throwing it down. She's not happy with the Cardinals (laughs) and their offense. So I guess, Laura, based on that, my question to you with DeAndre Hopkins coming back, does that give a little more life to the Cardinals does that help them out? I mean, with the addition of Hopkins, you're going to force defenses to spread their coverage across the whole field, as well as look at Marquise Brown. They're going to have to look at Hopkins as well. Do you think that's a benefit to the Cardinals moving forward, having him back? I think it 100% is. I think he's an incredible player. And what he brings to that team is that experience and is that knowledge of the game of football, really. But, you know, you've got to also now think, well, we don't know what's going to happen with Hollywood Brown. You don't know what's happening with that foot injury that we saw him sustain in Seattle. So who knows what this team is actually going to look like in this next matchup. But I think it's an exciting thing bringing him back. But also he has has had these blast out plays over last season as well, but nothing really all that consistent. He's a fun flex wide receiver three option in fantasy. But, you know, besides that, he still isn't consistent. And that's maybe down to to Kyler as well. It's where I'd like to put all the blame. Um, But... You know, I think it's exciting. I think it will be a boost, but it won't be enough, especially with this Marquise Brown injury that we might be seeing. We don't really know where that's at yet. So I guess if we're looking at it, we're looking at it from kind of, I guess it's hard to pick what side of the ball is going to win for the Saints. It's hard to pick what side of the ball is going to win for the Cardinals. Um, So we'll start, I guess I'll kick us off. For me, I saw this little thing on CBS Sports about, you know, the team that's trying to beat all the birds. So I kind of want the Saints to win so they can keep going down the ranks and beat all the all the birds on the in the NFL. So I'm going to go with Saints just to see that keep going as a meme because I think that's funny. Riley, you've seen clearly what I've seen, so I'm going to hand it over to you. Who you got, Saints or Cardinals? I'm – oh, yeah, the bird gauntlet. I love it. Yeah. I don't think anyone's done it, which makes me happy. But yeah. at the same time – I want someone to do it. I don't. I don't want that movie. Saints, though. Um, <laughs> I don't think they will. Cards at home. I think they've got a lot to prove, and D Hop's back. So, um, Bird Gauntlet ends this week. All right, we're one for one right now. Dan, what's your pick? It's difficult. Uh, I'd say it's a 50-50 game. Uh, Look, I'm going to lean with the Saints just because they're going to welcome back um, a lot of talent in their receiving core, which I think will make the difference. It's going to be very interesting to see who plays under center at the quarterback position for sure. And then, yeah, just to round out, um, you know, the cards, you know, the biggest problem with Kyler Murray at the moment is he's passing, you know, he's Mm -hmm. lacking accuracy. One of the things that was most concerning is they, they really miss James Connor. You know, hopefully he's back for this one and they can get that ground game going because Kyler was running in that, in that last week's performance. So, you know, I always felt like, you know, he's been quite 
accurate with his passing game. He's avoided sort of, you know, going back to that rushing, but he kind of, you know, when passing's fallen apart, he's reverted back to his running and he still can't get it done. So he's in a really difficult spot at the moment. And um, yeah, less gaming, more studying. Let's see if he can get it turned around. But yeah, I've got the Saints. All right, two for the Saints, one for the Cardinals. Laura, are you evening us out or are you giving somebody a win here? Look, I'm going to back the Saints as well. The Cardinals have not scored 30 points yet this season. And I think coming into the Saints defense, that's going to be a challenge. But I do think both of these teams have serious fourth quarter issues. I think that comes down to coaching on both sides. But I think hopefully if Jameis is back this week, that'll be an easy win. But maybe even um, with Dalton, it could be interesting. So, yeah, look, I'm going to go Saints. All righty, we've got the Saints for the majority there. Sorry, Riley, you can laugh, us all, laugh at us all next week if we're wrong. But we're going to move into our next breakdown game, um, which we have between the Dolphins and the Steelers. Steelers coming off a very impressive two-point win against Brady and his Buccaneers. Again, we've talked about the quarterback situation in our previous breakdown. We're going to talk about it again with the Steelers. Riley, I'm going to start with you. You are a fan of Trubisky. I am not, but I I don't know. If we're picking between Pickett and Trubisky, I guess I'm going to go the latter two evils and go with Trubisky. But if you were, you know, head coach for the Steelers right now with Pickett out with concussion potentially maybe next week, we're not sure based on protocols, are you sticking with Pickett or do you bring Trubisky back in? Um, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think I would have gotten rid of Trubisky just yet anyway. Um, so I'm, I would stick with him. Um, I think the concussion protocol for the NFL is like at least six days. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he can play or not um, to start with. But I think, I think just with what's happened across the board anyway, like if you, somebody gets a concussion and it's, you know, just rest them, give them a week. Like you don't want a repeat of Tua. Um, and I think Trubisky played well to get thrown in halfway through a game. Um, he didn't throw any interceptions. He managed to create a drive for a touchdown. Like, you know, the Bucks imploded on themselves really, but, you know, they got the win. So just, I would just say with the type of injury, I would probably say go Mitch over Kenny. Yeah, we should see. I think Pickett, you know, I'm, I hate Trubisky, and we all know that. Everyone's aware of that one. If you listen to me talk football long enough, you know that I'm not a Trubisky fan. But I definitely see Pickett being the starter kind of moving forward as he kind of comes back. I think he brings a little more life into the Steelers than, than say, uh, Trubisky does. Um, but, you know, their offense was good. The offense got moving. You had, what was it, Claypool making a very nice couple catches on the sideline. Um, in this game to kind of get those chains moving. But, you know, props to the defense because Cam Hayward and Larry, I'm not even going to say his last name because I know I will butcher that. I mean, they just – I've never seen Brady look so uncomfortable in the pocket. <laughs> he just – I mean, they were able to pressure him without kind of really even blitzing him properly. Um, and I think they only truly blitzed Brady once, but they were still able to create chaos for him. And I mean, we saw him go off his all on like O-line, so clearly we know where the issues stemmed. But Laura, this kind of rush defense really kind of stepped up for the Steelers where they need them to. Totally, but also, you know, most of their starting secondary wasn't playing today. 
And so I think the way that they were able to bring that pressure to Brady, bring that frustration to Brady, you know, that's a guy that's given up Giselle for this Bucks team, you know, and for him to be watching them kind of falter in this way, I don't understand how he's coping with that. I'd be, I'd be throwing tablets and yelling at O-liners as well. But, you know, this defense has some excitement, has some hope. They definitely miss TJ Watt. That's definitely something that you notice and you see it in their field of play. But I think it's an, a well-coached defense, you know, to come back from that massive blowout and those losses that these, that these guys have had has just been outstanding. And I think that was a great show today. They really pulled up. And that was against an experienced quarterback, but also a team that has played together, that is gel, that has got that sort of sync with each other. That injury to Cameron Bray was disappointing. But besides that, you know, you had most of that Bucks team there and ready to go. So I think the defense looked good. But I think, you know, back to that quarterback situation, Again, it was huge for Trubisky to be able to come back out today and play and bring in that win the way that he did. It must have been difficult for him to step aside, and I think it does take a man of caliber and um, that is a leader to be able to do that. 100% it does, and, and props to Trubisky. I just don't like seeing him out there. <laughs> I just don't like seeing him on the field. Um, Dan, when you look at the stats for this for the past game, um, you know, 270 total yards, 193 passing, 77 rushing. They only had 4.4 yards per play. When you look at their stats compared to Buccaneers, they really shouldn't have won this game. Yeah, it's um, it's an anemic offense. And look, my thoughts on the situation is that they need Kenny to play every second. And and I, because I look, I I see this as a bit of a Jan- Daniel Jones type situation where. The Steelers need to be very, very careful that they haven't signed up to the wrong quarterback because it can happen. Not every quarterback that you draft is going to be your future franchise player. And the Steelers' defense is elite, but with TJ Watt with that injury, it's just a very unique opportunity for the Steelers to, I'm not going to say tank, but get Kenny out there and give him an opportunity. You know, he's either going to sink or swim. And if he sinks, that's not the worst possible thing because they could be in the running for a really solid quarterback in the draft. So yeah, I I think you guys have covered it. The Steelers, they are elite on the defensive side, even without TJ, they, they fight so hard and you know, it's just sad to watch their offense struggle. And it's even more frustrating because, you know, you put a Mahomes, you put a Josh Allen, you put a high quality quarterback in that system and the receivers are there, the talents there. It's just, again, it comes back to quarterback play and, it's just not good enough at the moment. They 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 found a way to get it done, but you know we got to give all the praise to the defense at the moment. And I guess if we're talking about quarterback play and defensive plays at the moment, we're going to switch over to the Dolphins because, again, another team that has question marks kind of in that quarterback situation. We know Tua is still out; um, he's not coming back next week. Riley, do you think Tua is what kind of Miami needs? to get back a little bit quicker because they're just kind of struggling to move the chains right now. Although he can't, but if it was Miami, <laughs> like you think the fan base is like, please bring it back early. Yeah. Look, I mean, two is obviously who they put, who they're building their team around. Um, it's his style of game. You know, they went and got Tyreek, um, you know, they've got the players around him that they want to sort of continue and, and, and build with. So like, as soon as they can get him back, I know they will get him back. Um, and I think at this point, they they just have to play smart. Like, you know, if if it looks like you're you're not going to win a game, like 
don't get your starters in a position where they can where they can get injured. Like if you're getting absolutely blown out as much as it sucks to sit players, like you're just going to get unnecessary injuries where they don't need to be. And if if, if Tua is your direction, then you want to make sure that when he comes back, he's coming back with all of his pieces as best constructed as it can be and protect him as much as you can. So I think they'll have to tweak their playbook a little bit, um, get the ball out of his hand a bit quicker, whether that's passing um, or getting some draw plays in just to extend that that time for him to just get comfortable in the pocket as well. Um, because, I mean, I know I would be a bit, you know, shell-shocked coming back into that environment after both of those hits. So um, they have to be really smart with him, I think. Yeah, for sure. Laura, you know, we kind of look at reports. It said that Miami kind of struggled to move the ball a little bit against the Vikings. They did have 458 total yards. Um, when you are looking at kind of that quarterback situation, you know, unfortunately, Scott Thompson, who was their draft pick, went out with a thumb injury. He was 7 for 13 with 89 yards. Teddy Bridgewater came in 23 for 34, 329 yards, two touchdowns. But the stat that bothers me is two interceptions. I mean, with two out, one thing right now that, you know, Bridgewater cannot be doing is throwing those interceptions because the Dolphins need those points when, when they get down to the red zone. 100%. But I think this is what you expect when you have a guy like Teddy Bridgewater at the helm. This is what we've seen from him. This isn't anything new. You see, I feel like he's a little bit like Gino. You see some pockets of excitement from him. You see some great plays, some great performances, but those inconsistencies are there and those mistakes are there. I think it is important, though, to mention Tyreek Hill's performance on the day and Teddy Bridgewater's ability to connect with him over 170 receiving yards. I mean, he just showed up, but that's what this offense really is, and that's what Tua was able to use, but you need more options and those intercepts, you can't, you can't keep playing with that. But that Miami defense, I think as well, really looked good today. And they, you know, they kept the Dolphins in this. It's, I felt like it's amazing that they kept um, the Vikings to 24. I think they looks like they could have really gone off. They had the movement on the ground, but, you know, three sacks, seven quarterback hurries and four tackles for loss. I think it was a great game and they just kind of gave up to Dalvin Cook at the end, who really kind of found those pockets, but they held him to pretty much nothing through the first half of the game. Yeah, definitely. As you mentioned, those kind of two plays, the touchdown by Dalvin Cook and that fourth quarter 47-yard catch by Justin Jefferson kind of accounted for 42% of the Vikings' offense. So mm-hmm. with those two big plays kind of being the majority of how the Vikings were able to actually play football, not only that, but they held them scoreless in the first quarter. They held them scoreless in the third quarter. So this defense, as you said, had a very professive – this defense had a very I don't even know what word I was trying to throw in there had a very good week Dan is what yeah, I should be saying yeah. well that's and that's right and that's what they're going to need to do it's, it's all about complementary football on um you know it, you know defense special teams and offense and I just feel like the Miami Dolphins have let their standards slip a little bit and I think they're hiding a little bit behind some of their quarterback issues I felt like you know, and again, this is going to sound like a Solzy Patriots fan because I am. When when we come up against them, they absolutely destroy us. They're absolutely sound, um, all three phases of football. But, you know, over the last few weeks, they've just been sloppy, you know, flags, penalties, you know, just, just you know, bad decisions at the wrong time. Um, and that's across the board. So, you know, they're not going to love it. But the secret to a game like this is to 
have a guy like, you know, we spoke about Andy Dalton for the Saints earlier. You know, that's the type of player that Miami is looking for at the moment in this particular game against the Steelers. Play conservatively. Do not turn the football over. The Steelers, are, the Steelers defense are going to be coming for you. So just, you know, get in the fight because, you know, the Steelers offense, they're not going to score 30 or 40 points. You don't have to destroy them with Tyreek Hill. You've just got to get into a grind. And, you know, that's my issue with the Dolphins at the moment is can they be a physical team that will get in an arm wrestle like a San Francisco 49ers? I don't know. I, I just feel like they try and go for the big plays and, you know, they're, they're not willing to play for all four quarters. Yeah, you mentioned penalties. They had 10 penalties this past week, and they almost gave up nine, almost 100 yards due to those penalties. So that's definitely something they need to cut back on. Um, if we're looking at our picks, for me, ooh, I don't know. It's hard to pick this one. I think both offenses need something to kind of pick it up. I don't know if they have anybody, but I think if Bridgewater is kind of your starting QB for next week, um, or this upcoming weekend for the Dolphins, then I'm going to go Dolphins for the win over the Steelers. Laura, Dolphins? Steelers. Yeah, Dolphins. I think it's an easy one. I think, you know, the Steelers have a few issues in that quarterback room. We don't know who's going to be coming out, but um, had a great performance earlier this week, but I think it is going to be a Dolphins. I think they'll they'll take it easy. Riley, you swimming or you – I don't even know what a Steeler does. Dolphins swim. I don't – yeah. <laughs> I reckon just both are a shit show and Dolphins are just the sunnier side. I reckon they're... There you go. Yeah, it should be a Thursday night football game. <laughs> right? Uh, Dan, you get to round us out. Do you Look, have Steelers or Dolphins? I'm, I'm just going to go the, the Homer pick. You know, as New, New England Patriots supporter, I'm going to go the Pittsburgh Steelers to just give us a little bit of a hope in this division, um, all these with the bloody Jets are now a good football team. How about that? So, yeah, how about how about Pittsburgh get the upset here? Najee Harris, I think, gets handed the ball 40 times. They run him into the ground, passes out in, a, in exhaustion in the fourth quarter. I don't know. It's um, it's it's going to have to be something special from the Steelers. But, um, yeah, let's go with that. All right. Well, those kind of are two weeks and those are two games, the two weeks for the game. Those are our two games for week seven. It's going to be interesting, but we're going to head into our rapid fire where we talk all the games for the rest of the week. Dan, I'm going to kick off with you and your games. Yeah, let's get into it. So I've got uh, Washington commanders again, difficult one to say against the green Bay Packers who are bad. Now, um, again, Tom Brady has made everyone think you can play till you're an old man. Uh, that's not the case. Aaron Rodgers, you know, not quite himself and certainly cannot elevate um, his football team at the moment and certainly doesn't like to play with young players. You know, this is a guy who would like to trade all those kids on the offensive side, get some veterans in. Uh, Renal Cobb injury destroyed his soul. You know, not only was he disappointed in the press conferences that he's losing football games to lose Randall was, uh, was a big one. So look, this is, a, this is very, very interesting. And Carson Wentz uh, doesn't exactly um, instill a lot of confidence. Um, look, very, very, very difficult. Look, I'm, I'm going to go commanders here in an upset. I, I, I don't know. Green Bay are just, they're in a world of pain at the moment. And um, yeah, I, I think the commanders can get an upset here. Uh, looking ahead, Ravens versus the Browns. Um, you know, there's starting to be some dramas. Uh, the Browns' defense is awful. 
uh, is absolutely terrible. And it's coming back to coaching. Uh, the de- the um, defensive coordinator there, he's he's on a hot seat for sure. So, you know, there's the talent on that side of the ball, um, but they're just not playing that way. And then you, you sprinkle over the top of that Jacoby Brissett, who, you know, we, we're starting to, to we're starting to work our way through the season now, starting to get a little bit fatigued and starting to struggle a little bit. So, um, yeah, the Browns are doing it difficult. And the Ravens, very much up and down. And this is what happens when you don't invest in receivers. You know, this has completely exposed Lamar Jackson. He's a great player, but it's all Lamar. And it's all Mark Andrews. So it's just too much pressure to put on one player. So very unbalanced offense there. Yeah, I got some difficult games for me here, guys. Look, I'm going to go the Ravens in a bit of a bounce back game here again. Let's put it all on the back of Lamar Jackson. But can someone send this kid some receivers? My God, uh, ridiculous. Okay, Carolina Panthers coming up against the Buccaneers. Tom Brady's mad. We get that. But I'm talking next level. He is breaking chairs. He is smashing tables. You thought tablets were bad. He is going to be tearing <laughs> through the facility all week. That was an absolute shit show. And if they lose to the Carolina Panthers, expect him to retire on the spot out of frustration. So look, this is a, <laughs> this is a big game for the bucks. They, they're playing bad football. Absolutely. But they have to get it corrected. Um, and the Panthers, they're not even trying to win this year. They're trying to trade off all of their players. Watch where CMC is traded. That could decide the Super Bowl this year. A little bit of a tip. If he goes to Buffalo, it's going to be lights out uh, bucks for me. And I don't think they do it. Well, this is going to be a big bounce back game for Brady. I mean, yeah, I think Brady's just going to be angry for the rest of the season. But uh, Laura, you can take it away from <laughs> All right, Bengals, Falcons, both teams out with a win earlier this week. I think, you know, the Falcons, they look oiled. They look put together. But I think the Bengals are going to come in off the back of a great win, a great performance from Jamar Chase and um, Joe Burrow. Easy one for me, Bengals taking the win. Cowboys, Lions, well, let's, it's sad to say, but the Cowboys will convincingly win. Um, you know, I think a lot of people expected them to win against the Eagles. I, for one, was so happy they did not. Um, but this Cowboys team does really kind of have it together with that defense. And I think they're going to absolutely destroy the Lions. Titans, Colts, this one for me, I feel like we've got a bit of an even matchup of two teams that are just not playing to any type of potential at all. Jonathan Taylor is out again. So I think that's what pushes the ball in the Titans' direction. Um, but once again, nothing really exciting. I think we'll come out of that game, maybe a couple of Derrick Henry runs, but that'll be it. Very easy, straightforward games there for Laura. Riley, Raiders. it's your turn. Who are your picks? Um, all right, uh, Raiders versus Texans, both coming off a bye this week, which I think um, will benefit the Raiders more. Um, super upsetting loss for them last week after blowing the lead to the Chiefs. Um, so I think I think that they would have literally spent this entire break just really smashing out what they what they did wrong um and they should and I'm expecting them to come out and absolutely pants the Texans um Broncos versus Jets if you had asked me this early in the year I would have said it was a 31 nil win to the Broncos but you know I gotta I gotta stick to whoever beats the Packers so with (laughs) With Wilson's, um, with his little labrum tear, whatever he's got in his shoulder, uh, affecting his long balls. Um, let's go. I go Jets with a close win, um, but that's only because I don't know they'll get a, a stupid touchdown right at the end, the Broncos or something. Um, and then 49ers Chiefs. Um, 
the Niners losing this week also made me happy. Um, lots of Niners fans know they would have been very upset with that. Um, and the Chiefs obviously having uh, probably not the game we expected between the Bills. It should have been more of a shootout, uh, you know, closer to last, uh, the playoffs earlier in the year, but close game this week. Um, I think the Chiefs will be hungrier for the loss and I think they just have the better all-round team. So I picked them to win, I'm going to say pretty convincingly um, as well by double digits. Nice. I don't know where my mind went, but for some reason I thought you had an extra game. All right, we are going to move into mine. I have Chargers versus Seahawks. Wow, everyone's teams this week. That's nice. Um, Chargers versus Seahawks. Sorry, Laura. I think I'm going to go Chargers there. I just think they needed probably a week to kind of like gel a little bit more. We'll see how they go. Kind of, I don't know. No, I just don't think the Seahawks have enough kind of weapons that the Chargers do. So we're going to go Chargers for a win there. Patriots, Bears. Sorry, Dan. Mojo Super Bowl. Mojo Super Bowl. (laughs) Let's go. This is it. (laughs) <laughs> this is this is this is gonna be so good. I have the Bears winning that one. I'm with Ugh. I am with Justin Fields when I am sick of hearing people like they're so close, they're almost there. Fuck off. Like yeah, we got like Mooney just needs to know where the where the end line starts for the touchdown. <laughs> like once he figures that out, we'll be fine. That was heartbreaking that to was, watch. Oh, you you thought that was heartbreaking. Yeah, I know. I'm sure. <laughs> um, you know, I know, you know the- I know the Patriots have been doing well, but I just don't think that they actually have the skills to beat the Bears. And I do think the Bears are going to want to bounce back and prove that they are capable of winning. So I got my boys of the Bears for that one. Jaguars, Giants, I cannot stand the Jaguars. I cannot stand Trevor Lawrence. So I'm going to go New York Giants for the win over there. I love that. I love Questionable, that. Yeah. I don't know, but the Giants have been doing well. They beat the Packers. They won this past week. So Giants are on a roll. Who knew? I'm excited for Dan to open the show next week with the Patriots beating the Bears. I think that's going to be a great, great show opener. I I just, you know, hopefully they can go one more, like the offensive line uh, for you guys, Alex, like they've got to teach them, you know, those big sort of defenders that are running at them. You you really, you kind of got to stop them, right? Like Justin, Justin, (laughs) oh my God. They're going to get that kid killed, honestly. I mean, I'll be stateside uh, next week for the episode. So I will be sure to, if I do make it to Chicago, let them know that, hey, guys, we got to we gotta fix this nonsense that's happening here. But <laughs> as per usual, this has been fun, as always, as is every week talking about the trials and tribulations that are the NFL right now. Guys, as always, thank you. And until next week, enjoy your football.